The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and we are glad to have you on board as we thunder down the lane talking about thoroughbred action. Always good to have you on board. Winning Ponies is... Extremely pleased. I'm extremely pleased. Love the game and love to have you here. Winning Ponies, not just an Internet show. Nope. Not just an Internet show. It is a full-service site. You know, I, I've been messing around with Winning Ponies since 2008, and I use the word loosely because I've had a lot of fun. Now, I, I've looked at every possible piece of data out there, and Winning Ponies kind of caught my eye. You know, and, and I really, I, I've just kind of fallen for it, and, and we've been in business ever since. 2008, it's kind of hard to believe, man, how time does fly. But Winning Ponies, it's not just an Internet show. We talk about the greatest sport around during this hour. We're a one-stop shop for predictions, data, blogs, free selections, results, testimonials, anything you would need to make your day a winning one. We're on Twitter, Facebook account, or you can look us up at www.winningponies.com. Take a look for yourself. I mean, it's, it's really caught my eye. There's many services out there that, that broadcast and they brag and you know, they tell you what they're doing, good or bad. The, the, the numbers are out there. The biggins are out there. The biggins... That is their way of, you know, saying, you know, hey, you should have taken a look at this. We hope you were aboard, because without you, there'd be no us. So take a look at it. I think you're going to be extremely pleased. I was, because that's what got me immediately on board. I started dialing these guys up. They were great to work with, enjoy it, and I've been there ever since, and I think you will too. And talking about biggins, we're going to check into that and I think you're going to like what you see, but I'm going to give you kind of a rundown of what is going on. So we're going to recap things with what happened last week, a little bit of biggins, shooting your way. This week's guest is award-winning columnist, Mr. Dick Girardi, Philadelphia Daily News. Guy that says it the way it is. Went to see the Secretary movie last night. I know, one of the lucky ones. I enjoyed it greatly. Who did I see in there? Dick Girardi, not at the movies, but actually in the movie. We'll touch on that. Maybe we'll try to pull the carpet out from under him a little bit. We'll, we'll see what it's like to be a big-time star. But actually, he was doing what he does best. He was playing a columnist. That was great. Really saw some great faces in there. Who stole the show? Otto Thorworth, writer from a little track called River Downs. 
retired now, not because he's too old, but because he has movies booked up. Otto stole the show. So Mike Pataglia. Mike Pataglia, he uh, played that stoic racing official. So many, many others. It was, it was a, I think it's a family-friendly movie. We'll touch into that a little bit more later, but I think the family will enjoy it. If you're a hardcore handicapper, eh, you might leave a little bit empty, but thoroughly enjoyable, just the same. After Mr. Girardi, we're going to have some news from the world of racing and some final furlong handicapping, as we do each and every week. First and foremost, I'm going to jump out. I'm going to throw out some biggins. Friday, September 10th, 128 total biggins. Finger Lakes led the pack. Race number six, a Superfecta key, 15,319 even. That's pretty good. Saturday, September 11th, 183 total biggins. Turfway Park races 13 through 16, a pick four, 54,969.20. Well, you better listen to this. Turfway in race 15, a tri-key, 41,628.20. Zia Park race four, a Superfecta, $11,260.80. They're tearing Turfway Park up. They're eating the poly track right up. Sunday, September 12, 117 total biggins. Yellowstone Downs. I can't say that I made a wager there, but I sure hope you didn't race number 10. There was a Superfecta, $9,170 even. Monday, September 13, 63 total biggins. Zia Park race 11. Superfecta, $1,651.80. Tuesday, September 14, Fairgrounds race number 7. A Superfecta key. 4,627.20, Suffolk right behind it in the opener. Superfecta, 4,265.40, not bad for the Boston track. Wednesday, September 15, 55 total biggins. Fairplex, race eight, a Superfecta key, $5,075 even. And then Thursday, September 16th, only 44 total biggins because racing is not over. Who's your park? Leads the pack. Races one through four. A pick four. 1,266 even. That is a little recap of the biggins. I suggest you go back and take a look at the testimonials. I, I was thinking a little walk down memory lane. And, and I, I, I like to do this from time to time, you know, with Winning Pony site. It, it, it has everything up there, not just the good stuff. Trust me. It's not just the, wow, look at us, look at us. Nope. It tells the tale. Now, this is something that I saw. Now, you were just hearing about the biggins here. Take a listen at this. This, <laughs> this one really caught my eye. They tear their horses, and they color code them, and it's really easy to follow. A novice to hardcore handicapper can easily follow. Race 15, Turfway Park, a maiden special weight. And I don't know what they're doing. Maiden special weights, first-time starters and turfers, they're tearing them apart. Now, I'm a pretty good handicapper. Long before I actually met this, met this data and started using it, utilizing it, I thought I was pretty good. Their top pick, the top pick in there, nothing to nothing, pays $105.40. Listen to this, the double, $314.60. The exacta, $1,563.20. The try. 41,628.20. The Super, 102,322.60. In the pick three, all 12 and 1, $270.40. That is just 
smoking. They're tearing apart Turfway Park. They are tearing apart Kentucky Downs. Big weekend. Big weekend this weekend for me. Going down to play in the NTRA contest. Looking forward to that. Undulating European turf course in Franklin, Kentucky. Right on the border. Kentucky, Tennessee. Looking forward to that. Take him down, my dad. Hopefully he will impart some wisdom. That or he will uh, dry my eyes if it's a bad day. But still in all, looking forward to it. Top three, go to Vegas. Let's recap last week and get you all caught up. If you were under a rock or if you weren't paying attention. Belmont Park, September 11th, race number nine. The Bowling Green Handicap, grade two. A mile and three eighths on the inner turf. Winner is the three. Al Kali, Alan Garcia board, wins by a neck right at the wire. In traffic, a strong kick down the lane. 7.30 to win. Got to love that nickel breakage. Billy Mott is a trainer. And Al Kali beats Winchester right at the wire. Now, we gave out a pick four. That was $72. In that race, there was a scratch. Grand Courtier was scratched. Now, Al Kali was the third choice in there. Now, I... I'm not going to say, gee whiz, we would have had it. But Al Kali would have been thrown into the ticket, which would have been a slam dunker ruski. Al Kali, Alan Garcia, good job for Billy Mott. 7.30 to win. Prescott Downs, September 11th, race 7. Starting to really like Prescott. Had a little trouble, but I'm starting to like it. Takes a while for an old guy like me. Six and a half on the all-weather track. 400000 up, 400, up for grabs. Kind of like the money. Now, you have to go back and watch this race if you have any way. The three informed decisions, Julian Le Peru, breaks 11th, 11th, 11th at the half. The stretch, he's eighth. Wins by a head, circled up in time. 320 to one for Jonathan Shepard. Julian, don't do that to Jonathan. You're liable to leave him right there flat on the track holding his chest. Informed decision, taken in hand for a half, circled the field of the stretch, seven wide and up in the final strides of the shadow of the wire. Julian probably got off and said, nothing but a day's work. And what a rider indeed. Informed decision gets up Prescott. Boy, they love closing on the all-weather. Now, in the wintertime, it gets to be a little different. And on hold right now, Mr. Dick Girardi, and maybe he'll straighten me out. Maybe he'll straighten us all out. And maybe I'll impart some wisdom to us. That we're looking forward to. That's going to be in segment number two. Delaware Park, September 11th, race number nine. The Andean Stakes, grade three, six on the dirt. Winner is the one, Secret Gypsy, Gypsy, not Gypsum. Secret Gypsy, Jamie Terrio in the Irons. Wins by a solid length. In tight, but got through, paying 280 to win for Ronnie Werner. Ronnie Werner used to be king of the two-year-olds, probably still is. Probably still is. I just haven't given him that moniker for a while. Kentucky down, September 11th, race 13th. Kentucky Cup turf stakes, grade three. Mile and a half on the turf. Winner is the four, Razif. Greta Kunzweiler. Congratulations, Greta. Welcome back. She wins by six and a quarter length, six wide, full of run on the undulating European turf course. There is no dirt racing in Kentucky Downs. It's all turf. I'm going to be down there. I'm going to need a big towel to wipe my eyes, probably, because everybody runs their heart out. What a track. Beautiful facility. Cannot wait to go. Greta Kunzweiler overcame some personal demons, as we all have in life. 
lest ye cast that first stone. It, well, you won't see a rock in my hand for sure. Greta overcame some personal demons. She did a little time in jail. She's on the right path. I remember when she rode caressing in Chicago. She won the bassinet at River Downs. I remember Greta when she was on top of her game, and it looks like she's finding her gear a win. 38.80 to win. Matthew Jacobson, congratulations for booting up. Wonderful young lady rider. Arlington Park, September 11th, race 6. The Arlington Washington Futurity Grade 3, a mile in the all-weather. Winners of three, Major Gain and Junior Alvarado. Goes to Chicago Oval Well, wins by a length. Tracked between, split five wide, 880 to win for Wayne Catalano. There's another guy, the king of Chicago. Race 8, the Arlington Washington Lassie, Grade 3, a mile in the all-weather. Winners the 9, I believe we gave this one out. Wonderland by night, E.T. Baird in the irons, wins by two and a half lengths, steady gained. Five wide at the 316th pole, 880 to win for Mike Rivas. Very nice, E.T. Baird still gets the job done, doubt him not. Then we end up at Turfway Park, the Turfway Park Fall Championship, Grade 3. This is their big race of the meet. They had to cancel the Kentucky Cup Day of Champions. Mile and a half on the all-weather, 100,000 up for grabs. Winners the two, and I believe we gave this one out as well, and we hope that you were aboard Eldifer. Jean Kenton Courtney Irons wins by a half a length, four-wide bid, driving 660 to win for Diane Alvarado. So there it is. We've got action. We've got recast. We've talked biggins. And now we're talking big. And now we're about ready to head out to our first break. We're going to draw a breath. We're going to gather our thoughts. And Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on Mr. Dick Girardi. And he's on hold. We're going to jump to him right when we come back from break. So stay tuned. That's if you want to learn more about racing. You want to have a whole lot of fun. And listen to this week's special guest, Mr. Dick Girardi, here on Winning Ponies. Double round the crown and everybody's getting down in this town. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back, and thank you for taking time to join us this evening. We're always glad to have you on board. This is our second segment, and Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on our special guest of the week, award-winning writer, Daily Racing columnist and contributor, two-time winner, I believe, of the Red Smith Award for Best Kentucky Derby Stories, 2007 Walter Haight Award for Distinguished Career, and a new addition, an actor on the big screen and secretary, Mr. Dick Girardi. Dick, are you there? I'm here, Ed. How are you? I'm doing very well. Oh, fair. I uh, I kind of busted you up a little bit, tongue in cheek. Uh, I I caught the uh, caught the Secretariat movie, and I saw a familiar face on there from seeing your uh, your photo in in many publications. Yeah, it was fun. I did it last fall. Uh, the segment I uh, uh, we filmed was at Keeneland, uh, sort of a press conference setting, as you know, but prior to the 1973 Belmont Stakes, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was interesting to see an up close view of how that all works. It was it was a lot of fun. I think the families are going to, in, in my opinion, after seeing it, and and I was with the turf publicist uh, of America, President John Engelhart. We were actually chatting and, and yakking about it like uh, like two old women after the uh, the movie. I think a lot of families are really going to enjoy it. I think if you're a hardcore fan, it may leave you wanting a little more history. Sea Biscuit may have spoiled us, but still in all, it was a, just a wonderful movie. And it really grabbed you, and, and great job. I saw you pop right up and uh, noticed you right out. So uh, I hope you uh, you secured yourself a nice uh, agent for the future. Yeah, I, I certainly need one to get a little <laughs> better, better role next time. I think I need a little more airtime, but that was <laughs> fun. And uh, I got a chance to meet Diane Lane after. A very nice lady, and uh, I haven't actually seen the movie yet, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm going to see it next week. Oh, terrific. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Dick, thanks for joining us once again as a sports writer. And one of uh, one of part of a breed that's uh, it's very rare now. They cover thoroughbred racing for the Philadelphia Daily News. How did you find yourself in this occupation? 
Well, I was a journalism major at the University of Maryland, and my minor was poker. And one day, a bunch of friends of mine sent me to the track. I said, you know what? I like this. Uh, I, I like. I want to write. I like the racetrack. Uh, I like to gamble. This seems like a, a spot for me. That's sort of how it evolved over time. It just kind of one led into the other, and uh, I. I you know, I read uh, many, many articles on you, and there was one that I, I don't know if it actually played a big part that really sold your soul on it, was the 72 Olympic loss uh, to the Soviets uh, in the last second buzzer beater. Yeah, it was, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't even remotely in the business yet. I just happened to be there for the game as a fan, and it was just a, it was fascinating to see it. First of all, it was one of the worst basketball games I've ever played Yes. The American team was coached by Mr. Ibo, who was a, a, a lovely man, but his time had passed, and they were playing a brand of ball that Americans just didn't play anymore, and they kept the Russians in the game forever. Then, of course, Doug Collins hit what I thought were the two most pressure-packed free throws in the history of the sport, and, and then all hell broke loose after that, whether they, they couldn't figure out when the clock was supposed to start, they're calling timeout when the ball was in play, which you can't do in international football. So that was quite a crazy time. Seeing it live, I wasn't quite sure what I was watching, other than other than something wasn't quite right. <laughs> and when you watch it on ESPN to this day, it still is not right. It 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 never changes. Only only time makes us that much more bitter. Just on a, a small digression, didn't you do a piece on the great Dr. J? Yeah, I have not done. Any, I don't know that I did anything on Dr. J because. His career in Philadelphia was really winding down. And when I got here, I got here in 1985. So yeah, I don't. We have a great uh, writer who covered the 76ers for us for years, Phil Jasner. I don't know that I ever wrote anything about Julius. I may have. I mean, I've written like 7,000 stories. But well, that, that's 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 a few. You probably you know may may have missed one <laughs> one or two there. But uh, as being a big Dr. J fan, I'm starting to show my age now. So uh, you know I. In anybody and anything I could have ever Googled out the magic of the computer, you know, I've, I've always always read up on. Dick, in your area of the country, there have been some of the best runners, right, basically in your backyard to write about the great Barbaro, Smarty Jones, and a fleet, Alex. Yeah, it was an amazing three-year run, and I don't ever think I ever expected a horse to come out of Philadelphia Park to even be competitive in the Kentucky Derby, much less win it, and then win the Preakness like Smarty did in 04. And that was such a wonderful story because of the people around the horse and the fact that he's a Pennsylvania bred, really from a, a track that he never in a million years would have thought would have produced that kind of a racehorse. And I figured, well, that's a once-in-a-lifetime story that will never happen again. Of course, the next year we get a fleet Alex, who's the first horse ever bought by the five-person group uh, of basically Philadelphia people. Bought for 75000 Actually, it was interesting, but three days after Smarty won the Preakness, they bought a fleet Alex as a two-year-old at Timonium right near Pimlico. And, of course, he goes on and wins two-thirds of the Triple Crown the next year. And then, fascinating, I mean, I knew Michael Matz, and, and I followed Barbara Luba as a two-year-old. He was running at Delaware Park, and you could see he was really a spectacular horse, but you didn't really know if he could run on dirt or not. And they finally tried him on dirt, and I really didn't know who the owners were. I didn't know who the Lale Stable was. And I asked one of my friends in the business, I said, who are these people? And he told me, he said, they live in Chester County, which is the county just south of the city. I said, this is hard to believe three years in a row you could have this. And, of course, <laughs> you know the rest of that story as well. And, uh, each story had its own unique parts of it. Of course, the Barbaro story had the had the terrible ending, but it, it, just being around it and, and seeing how the people reacted to it, I mean, those are, those are three of the best stories you'll ever get in your life. 
I I, I agree completely, and to, to be honored to be able to to cover the great Barbaro and just watching from a distance, uh, I have to have to admit there was plenty of tear in my eye, and uh, it must have been uh, must have been tough times and great times. Uh, the gamut of emotions running running wild as uh, someone uh, being that close to the uh, to the action. Yeah, I, learned- I think I, I, knew, I, was, I, was, I knew all along that it probably wasn't going to end well, but I don't really think that was what that story was about. I think it was more about just the attempt. You just I've, I've just been around racing too long to know that those kinds of injuries, even with a guy as dedicated as Dr. Richardson, they're just so hard to solve. And he came as close as anybody could have do it, to doing it. I know... To this day, he feels really he feels terrible about what happened. But I can tell you, nobody could have done a better job than he did. It's just it's just the nature of the animals, and sometimes they just can't they just don't get healed. The magic and uh, the the touch that they have, and HBO had a wonderful special, and that was one of those tear jerkers as well as they they covered all the the participants. I'm sure there's many that were left out, and uh, you just can't cover everybody. But still, in all. Just an incredible story, and, and one every racing fan, new and new and uh, longstanding, will always remember. Dick, uh, we're, we're learning and we're reading daily about the Mammoth Park experiment. Now, this is seems to be the new catchphrase out there. Is this the less is more plan? Is this the wave of the future in racing? Well, I think it almost has to be in some jurisdictions. Now, I mean, there's some jurisdictions where it's just not going to happen. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but at a place like Monmouth Park, which has that boutique meet in the summertime, what was the sense of really running five days a week with racing where three days nobody's there and they're not betting any money at the six-horse field? So I think they were uniquely positioned to do it. They did it brilliantly. I mean, everything about it was right. I think it's, it, I think it's, I think it's the future at certain places, okay? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Keeneland has its niche and, and Del Mar and Saratoga, and they're really unique, but... There's very few places can do it exactly like Monmouth did it. I don't think everybody's going to be able to emulate it um, because there are just year-round circuits where people are dependent on running year-round. I mean, we have one here in, in Philadelphia. It's just that's that's just the way it's set up. But I think I think less is more. There's no question about that. I think we're, clearly we need fewer race dates. Uh, so it, it's just it's really beyond that. It's just a question of. Uh, each individual jurisdiction sort of has its own unique, unique uh, way to deal with things. Correct me if I'm am wrong in any way, shape, or form. Did Monmouth slash the state of New Jersey, did they, the horse racing, benefit from the casino industry from monies? Yes. Yeah, what happened was because they basically will not give slot machines or any alternative gaming to the racetracks, and realizing that uh, Atlantic City is going to take away a lot of play from them, they made a deal several years ago when race bo- or when race books went into Atlantic City that the racetracks would get some money from casinos. That runs out. Uh, basically, the mo- most of it runs out as of this year, and, and and next year I believe is the last. There's a little bit coming. So yes, uh, racetracks did benefit, and the the present governor of New Jersey has on record as saying, look. Racing is going to have to be able to sustain itself, uh, not get any help from any casinos. So nobody really quite knows what that means going forward to 2011. Well, we we only hope optimistically for the future, and and I believe there's going to be a fall meet at Monmouth versus uh, the Meadowlands. It's going to shift over to Monmouth. Right, uh, Meadowlands is no longer running flats. Their Monmouth's meeting has continued on. What they're not doing is running for quite as big a purse, nearly as big a purse as they were in the summertime. 
after Labor Day. They're still running just the, the Saturday and Sunday, but uh, it's not uh, the purses are not anything like they were in the summertime. For our listeners out there that are Philly Park fans, including myself, time to time, especially I, I find myself on Monday, Tuesday, actually uh, you know venturing in there overnight. The graphics changed a little bit, and on the simulus screens around the nation, the word "parks racing" is up and running. Tell us how this tell us how this came about. Well, they 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 opened up a casino head in the parking lot in December, um, and they called it Parks P A R X. So somebody marketing person came up with at some point they decided that they just wanted to brand the entire property as Parks. So the racetrack closed for a month in August, and when it reopened on August 30th, that's when they rebranded it with Parks Racing. Now, the, the, one of the mistakes they made was they didn't bother to tell a lot of people about it, including their own fans. A lot of people were really confused about, what, hey, what is this place? I know I had people calling me, what is Parks Racing? Uh, and it's going to take a little getting used to. I mean, most people are going to still call it Philadelphia Park for quite a long time, or the Foz, we call it. But, yeah, that's basically what it is. They want to have one identity for the casino and the racetrack. And, and also there was, there was a perception of the track left over from some years ago, and it's, it, the track has really changed over time now that the purses are so much better. I think they just sort of wanted to have, have try a new name with a new perception of the place. I mean, the racing here this, this month in September is as good as it is anywhere in the country. Um, Saturday, in fact, they are doubling all the purses for owners that it, they have a 90,000 maiden special weight race for two-year-old fillies on Saturday. So That's, that was money. my next question. I couldn't believe it. Owner Appreciation Day at Parks, which, by the way, I love the branding. It's a fresh start, and, and you're putting away the old, I guess, Philly Park. It's still Philly, but you're now into Parks Racing. $5,000 claimers running for $30,000. Yeah, and you'll notice, of course, all the fields are full. Everybody wants to be in it, and they gave <laughs> preference to people who had run horses there in 2010, which is a good way of rewarding the people who have supported your program. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's, it's a one-time thing. Uh, they're actually spreading it over the month where the purses on Pennsylvania Derby is next Saturday and all the purses have got 50% that day, same as the Cotillion, the following week, which looks like it's going to get blind luck. Um, so, yeah, it, it, and I think it's just their way of saying, look, we're, we're here, we're back, we have a new name, and over this month of September when Saratoga's over, Mammoth is gearing down. We want to be one of the big players in the East Coast, and I, I think that's that's you got to find your niche. Now they run year round, but you have to have a particular time when you're really on. Well, this is their this this is what they want to make their time September of every year. When you talked about year round, and actually I live in the Northern Kentucky, Southeast Ohio area, and it is rough. And the Philly Park area. Parks, excuse me. I'm going to have to just every time just pinch myself here. I'm going to get straightened out, but I'll I'll get it straight. It, it'll probably take me about five years, Dick. Trust me. I'll, I'll get it right. But you're you're in a tough weather belt. Do you see synthetics being a part of the plan for your future at Parks? I don't. Only because I think what happened was some of the synthetics are terrific. The Tapita that's at, at Presque Isle and Golden Gate Fields, I think it's fine. But because of what happened at Santa Anita, and I just think that it's going to be very difficult and unlikely for anybody to put a synthetic in. It's a shame one size shouldn't fit all, but because of the drainage problems they had at Santa Anita, now they're going back to dirt. I don't think anybody's going to put synthetics in for quite a long time now. It's probably not right, but I think that's just the reality of what we're dealing with. 
I couldn't believe it that the state of California, under a mandate, I, they gave X amount of time, and it was a very short window, and you must have it, uh, or you could not run, excluding the fair circuits. And, and, and I couldn't believe that it just overnight, it just came about, and, and, and I agree, it's, a, it's not an easy number to swallow when you're looking at 10 to $12 million to take up a surface, and basically you're, you're, you're creating a highway. And then you, yeah, then you level it down. No question. I think what they did in California was really a reaction to what had happened to Barbara. If you remember, that was the time when they did it, and which really had nothing to do with the surface of Pimlico. It was a completely other issue. But I, I just think sometimes we overreact without really thinking, and clearly that's what happened in California. I just uh, And it was sort of one or two people just making this decision without all the facts being in, and it's turned out to be just a, a pretty much of a nightmare, and certainly in San Anita, which is obviously one of our great racetracks in the, in the world. I agree. Uh, I, I love San Anita, and I know that uh, they're shifting their tack to Hollywood Park, and I assume they're going to be taking up the, the track uh, as soon as possible. In, in a long-standing, putting it in a barrel with a bottom, I should say, do you envision parks becoming one of our premier signals to play in the next five years? Well, I, I think it can be. I think it's really going to be up to management and uh, how much they want to get into it. Now, keep in mind, the casino company is where they're making their money. I mean, they're making huge amounts of money. They're the largest grossing casino in Pennsylvania by a wide margin because of their location is so good. Um, they have a chance, if they really want to market and promote the racing signal and the product, to do it. Now, I think they're making efforts that way. The, the backstretch is starting to get cleaned up. It's been not a great spot for a long time, but they're starting to spend some money there. Then they can attract better horsemen. I, I think it's possible, but I think it's really going to be on management how much they're willing to invest in it. And they have the money to do it because they've made, uh, since the slot machines first came to the facility in 2006, I mean, I, I've sat down with the numbers. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, numbers in a B. B range, not a, not a million range, but in the billions. This is right. phenomenal how much money's come through the place. So it's there. They just have to decide if they're going how much they're going to invest in the racing product and the marketing of it. It, it. When you hear numbers like that, it's hard to believe that uh, anybody that uh, ever is brave enough to say, "Yep, there's an economic downturn in place." <laughs> yeah, it, is, it, is, it is astonishing. They're one place, and their numbers keep going up. They have absolutely, and and they keep in mind they they came online right before the economy went in the tank. So, yeah, they, they've actually beaten everything uh, at this place. It's just been, and the new casino they put up in the parking lot, which opened in December, they paid cash for it, the $300 million facility. They didn't have to borrow a cent. Back in the old days, what were the two uh, things that were uh, recession-proof? Yeah, Gambling yeah. and the oldest, <laughs> the oldest yeah. profession? Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, whatever that is, it, uh, it, it's, it's out there. But you know, gambling. Every time that you know, we we start uh, thinking that there's only so much of the dollar, uh, the discretionary dollar that can be spent. It's amazing when you throw around terms like that, and it's hard to believe. I'm gonna. I have to admit, I'm gonna start focusing in more and more and more, and I think that it's gonna be one of the signals that are gonna be in my top three list. As a yeah, sports writer and handicapper, and what, what would you rank for you, for you personally, is your top three sports to cover and why? Well, I mean, the two main sports I cover are college basketball and horse racing, and they are my two favorites. Uh, for me, if you said, all right, look, there's only one thing you can cover, you have to give everything else up, I would definitely cover horse racing because it's got the best stories, 
the most fascinating people. Um, the fact that you can you can bet on the thing and it's legal. I, I, I like all that. I would yeah. say for me, the, the three would be then horse racing, college troops, and the NBA. Those, those are the three I like. Well, I'll tell you what, each and every article that, that you put out there, it's uh, when you're reading someone's column, article, or blog, or whatever the case may be, uh, it, it seems like you're a man that just says it the way it is, uh, that there's really no powder puffing it around, or you're not going to roll it in uh, sugar uh, dough. You're, you just put it out there the way it is, and, and the truth be told. Yeah, that's sort of the way I was taught, and that's, that's how I've always approached it. You just try to find out what the facts are, lay them out for people. If you have an opinion... That's fine, but make sure you can support it with some facts, and then and then sit down and write it up. <laughs> Fair enough. Final question, Mr. Girardi. It's your lucky day. You reach into a coat pocket and pull out a $500 stashed cash from a winning day. The day is yours. Ponies, poker, whatever. Where would we find you on this lucky rare occasion? Probably at Del Mar. Uh, if there's one track in the country that I would not <laughs> mind hanging out at for a day, with 500 to fire around, it'd probably be Delmar. I've always had good luck there. Now, I haven't been out there since they put the poly track in, but I like sitting in the grandstand looking out and seeing the Pacific Ocean. I've never had the, uh, I've never had the, the, the grand trip. <laughs> it's on my bucket list, I have to say, but it's hard to sit there and watch and not have that, uh, that lump in my throat as I can see the ocean. It just looks like a stone's throw from the grandstand. It is. I mean, it's a spectacular place, and a lot of people go, of course, spend some time in the ocean in the morning and then come over to the races in the afternoon. And uh, I've probably been there half a dozen times, and I've never had a bad minute in the place long time. <laughs> I think even if I had a losing day, I don't think I'd cry and complain. Dick, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for taking your time to be with us this evening, and we wish you and yours the best on and off the track. So you keep writing, I'll keep reading, and we'll see you in the winner's circle soon, my friend. Thanks so much, Mr. Girardi. Sure thing, Ed. Thank you. See you next. Thank you. Dick Girardi, man of racing, quite quite a man of racing. I enjoyed that. That was a whole lot of fun. He just kind of threw it out there, and, uh, yep, he got me straightened out. The meds kicked in, and he got me straightened out. Well, it is time to head out to a break, and when we return, we're going to be talking some news from the world of racing, and then some final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back in the day approach from Chuck. A no spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us this evening. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, each and every Thursday, 8 o'clock. That's if you're on the Eastern time, or 5 if you're on the Pacific time. That's right and left coast. You get to determine which side of the globe you're on. Hope you got Mr. Dick Girardi. He was, uh, he was a lot of fun to listen to, and uh, quite, a, quite a resume this gentleman has. You know, as you notice, he stayed away from... Uh, any type of awards that he actually had won because there's just so daggone many. And I, I didn't bust him up too bad. Did see him in the, in the uh, movie Secretary. There's no busting up. He did a terrific job. It was kind of cool. And, you know, he did what he did best. He was, a, he was a sports columnist. He was a media man. And he was up there and he was asking a question right out of the gate. And, and I caught him. And I was like, hey, there he is. So it was quite an honor to hell and Dick Girardi. All right, it's time for some news from around the nation here. And first bit, a little tidbit here, action. The NTRA Thoroughbred Notebook, a gift from Eric Wing and Joan Lawrence by email. Million-dollar woodbine attracts Baker's Dozen, grade one million-dollar woodbine, mile in Ontario, Canada. Highlights, important weekend at Suburban Toronto Track. Balky field of 13 entered. Looks like the expected favorite is the usual QT, a two-time grade one stakes winner for James Cassidy. Well, action ups, ups upstairs. When I say that, that means north of the border, upstairs. Garden City kicks off grade one action in Belmont Park. Belmont Park will play host to the first grade one race of its fall meet this Saturday when Check the Label goes for her four straight win as she faces seven others 
three-year-old turf fillies in the 33rd running of the $250,000 Garden City Stakes. Ramon Dominguez is the pilot. Keeneland, September yearling stand going strong. The sales open the 67th September yearling sale in Lexington, Kentucky. Opening session did not disappoint with a yearling cult selling for $4.2 million. The highest price paid at the sale since 2006. Fireworks continued Monday evening. A cult by Distorted Humor selling for a little over $2 million. Keeneland sold 69 horses for $23,965,000, an average of $347,319, with a median price of $250,000. Keeneland, keep up the good work. Fund established for Michael Martinez. A fund has been established for jockey Michael Martinez, paralyzed from the waist down, following a spill last Sunday at Golden Gate Fields. We'll touch on a little bit later. Been established for those who wish to provide financial aid. Reach in your jeans and pull out the greens for this 28, 24-year-old rider and his family. Checks should be made out to the Michael Martinez Fund and sent to Golden Gate Fields, 1100 East Shore Highway, Berkeley, California. No sport has better fans than horse racing, and they're receiving inquiries from fans across the country how they could help Michael. Reach in. Help Michael Martinez. Zenyatta featured in Oprah's O Magazine. I guess Zenyatta's actually made it now. Just actually made it, Zenyatta. Oh, that's a flash for you. Newsflash, Zenyatta made it. She's an O. A little racing to history. September 16th, sent off the one of high secretary to win the Futurity Stakes at Belmont by a length in three parts. September 17th, 73, Penny Chenry announces Secretariat would make his inaugural start on the turf on the October 8th Man of War at Belmont. September 1943, rider Eddie Arcaro returned to racing after a 12-month suspension that resulted from his attempt to injure a fellow rider in the Calden Stakes the previous year. Interesting. Did not know that. Did not know that. But I'll tell you, one I do know, there's somebody on hold here. We're going to jump out to him. The Cincinnati Kid. Kid, are you there? Hey, Eddie, what's good? It's just you, and I'm glad to hear from you. Lay us some winners, Kid. Yeah, I hope I can lay some winners on you. We're going to start at Belmont Park on Saturday. Uh-huh. Ninth race, the Garden City, the Grade 1 Garden City, which you just spoke of. I like yes, the one check the label in here. I know it's a bit chalky, but she's reeled off three straight. She just really loves the grass, loves this distance of a mile and an eighth. Three starts, two wins here. Ramon Dominguez, you can't go wrong with Ramon in the irons. No. Five to two is a decent price. I hope we can get that. You get five to two better early and often, my friend. Oh, yes, by sir. the way, uh, looks like your UC Bearcats are losing fourteen to nothing I, right I now. I have the game on in the background. <laughs> hey, they just caused a turnover. Actually, things might be turning around. See, the kid gets on the line, and good things happen for UC. <laughs> we got yes, one sir. happening right there in the Garden City. Kid, lead us on. Okay, I think I have two more for you. We're going to go on. north of the border to Woodbine on Saturday. Race six in the tall mistakes for two-year-old fillies going a mile on the turf here. I like the three Dos Lunas. Rajiv Mirage comes up for owner-trainer John Glennie. This one was a decent second in the Juniors Championship at Mama's last out. She beat the boys in her debut on the grass back in June at Churchill. Has a nice work over the Mama's, I mean, over the Woodbine poly track going 4 eights and 49. I think this one stands a good chance in here, and I really like 10-1 to 1 on the morning line. 
I like 10 to 1 anytime you can find it and get it, and let's cash on it, kid. Yes, sir. That's two in the bank. I'm already writing them down in pen. And the third from the kid? Uh, the third is also is also at Woodbine. It's the ninth race, the Summer Stakes, which is a grade three. I believe this is winning your in for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. It is. Mm-hmm. I believe so. And this race, i kind of been vacillating on this, and I ended up going to the outside, the eight forum, Javier Castellano for George Weaver. This one was impressive in his turf run last time out. And I think he's going to capitalize on that again. He's been farther than a lot of these in here by Roman Ruler out of a high-yield mare. Decent work at Saratoga over their turf course on the 10th, going 48-2 and two on the turf. I like form in here. Castellano comes above the border, 3-1, to one, decent price. Kid, I love it. Three for three. And I know we've, we've asked you for the hat trick, and you have provided. I wrote them down in pen, not pencil. All righty, sir. I hope I can cash some tickets for you. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be playing in the uh, Kentucky Downs Handicapping Contest, so if you hear me crying and complaining and bitching, you'll definitely know it's me. There will be no uh, second-guessing that. But uh, if, you, uh, if you definitely see anything, you can always text me because my ears and eyes are always open to whatever the kid has to say. All righty, sir. James, thanks for uh, calling in, and tell everybody I said hello. I sure will. Thanks for having me. Thank you, James. Talk to you soon. Cincinnati Kid, always giving out winners, and I'll tell you what, one of the nicest guys in racing. Back on with some news here. Throw out a couple more things. Tom Lamar, Blood Horse here. I love his article, Things That Make You Go, hmm. Here it is. Pretty well-established simulcast programs are the bane of my handicapping existence. Here's another update. During a recent Ohio harness track, he paid 5 bucks for a daily racing program which lacks key information. He feels he's getting gypped. He said they had to be handing them out for free. But then, here it is. I feel a little better about this now. On a similar note, betters at River Downs on Labor Day didn't get their money's worth. The daily racing program had about 15 tracks in it, but only two or three PP lines. We need more information there. Need more information. What is this about? Where in the industry are they going to do something about this? But it says, and I love it here, Tommy Lamar. It's River Downs a little promotion, no cradle VIP party. The place was crowded, and another sign, racing has a lot of life to it. And I also like this on the subject of parks racing. Caught a glimpse of the telephone mo- television monitors on a nice crowd of parks racing. The old Philly Park on Labor Day. And he said, the joint looks comfortable enough again, and he's going to plan a visit after a two-year boycott. So Tommy Lamar said he's going to go back after a two-year boycott. That's saying something because he's a he's an everyday guy. He enjoys a couple of adult beverages, and you'll see him in a t-shirt and a and a pair of jeans. And uh, he's down on the first floor where the everyday players are at. So thanks, Tom Lamar. Love your articles in the Blood Horse. As I was talking about the Golden Gate jockey in a critical condition after spill, that's Michael Martinez. He underwent 11 hours of emergency surgery in California at, at Golden Gate's uh, Fields after a spill. Very critical. His cousin, Alex Solis, took off his mouse, flew from Kentucky to California. And as I said earlier, and if you missed it, you can always jump out to the podcast and help Michael Martinez if you would like, if you would like to actually jump on board. Test reveal Super Saber has bruised cannon bones. You were looking for an answer. Dr. Larry Bramlage of Root and Riddle performed a bone scan revealing the injury. Super Saber gave Todd Pletcher his first Kentucky Derby win this spring. Condular bruising will sideline the Windstar Farm 
own son of Maria's Mon for a little while, will be back. Churchill Downs buys a Mississippi casino announced Monday. Louisville Racetrack is buying a Mississippi casino. Get this for $138 million in a cash deal. The purchase gives Churchill a foot in the new gambling market and the first completely stand-alone casino without any racetrack presence. Mississippi has no live horse racing yet. Can you dig it? Churchill Downs digging in deep there. There's news from around the nation. Hope you uh, hope you caught in a part of it, and if you missed it, you are now up on it. Well, it's time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to do some speed final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. If I had a and welcome back to the final segment of Winning Ponies. You've got some speed handicapping coming your way. You've got a few minutes, and we're going to make the best action of it. We're going to kick it off on Saturday. We're going to go to the third at Kentucky Downs. I love the one, King Ludley. Jamie Terry on the irons for Darren Miller. Drawing the rail, Kentucky Downs can be a bonus, stretching out from five and a half to six and a half. I like the one, King Ludley, in the third at Kentucky Downs. In the fifth race at KYD, I'll tell you what, I was really scratching my head, but I came for for the boys at the bar. For the boys at the bar in the fifth race, Victor LeBron for Bernie Flint. Say no more, drinks are on the house. Seventh race at Kentucky Downs, they're going to go a mile on the undulating turf course. And in here, I mean, I, I found myself scratching my head, but I came up with G-Mom, Fabio Arguello, and Tony Reinsettler teaming together, beating favorite last time out. Condition 20 company on an undulating turf course, and Fabio knows his way around. In the seventh race, I like G Mom. Tenth race at KYD, I like the three. That's my fast one. Jamie Terry on the irons for George Rusty Arnold, and was a beaten favorite last time out. Needs a little more run, gonna go five and a half to a mile. That you gotta love. My fast one in the tenth at KYD. 
13th race at Kentucky Downs. I like the three, Distorted Promise. Rosemary Homeister, she knows her way to the winner's circle. Eric Reed, he definitely knows his way, winning 23% on the year. 13th race at KYD, I like the three, Distorted Promise. 16th race at Kentucky Downs, and I like the six, Constabulary. Fabio Arguello, should be a good day for him. Tony Ryan Settler, blinkers off. That means they're always looking for an answer. In the 16th, I like the six, Constabulary. Up in Belmont, they have a beautiful card on tap in the ninth race, the Garden City. The kid likes the one. Check the label. So do I. I concur with the kid in the ninth at Belmont on Saturday. The one. Check the label. Fifth race at Monmouth. We've got some Jersey bred races. I like the four unwritten. Big speedster here, Elvis Trujillo for Dick Dutrow. In the fifth, the four unwritten goes right. Flag fall to that's all. Seventh race at Monmouth. I go right to the rail with the one. Love that. Dense Elvis, who said he left the building? He's on the rail for Ben Perkins, 7 for 10 in the Money of Monmouth. I love, love that. Dance the one in the seventh race at Monmouth. Race number nine at Monmouth. It is the Jersey Girl. It's $100,000. I go to the one. Mona Lisa on the rail. Elvis Trujillo again here. Got a bit of horse for a course, 7 for 12 in the Money four-year-old filly by Mo Mon, and I think Mona Lisa's just going to give him trouble from the word get-go. Elvis Trujillo knows his way around. He's 43% in the money on routes. Rounding out, we go to Woodbine in race number four, the summer. It's a grade three. I like the four. Pluck. Garrett, go, go, Gomez, and Todd Pletcher teaming up after just a nasty second in a continental mile, losing by a neck to Rustler Hustler who was scratched out of the $100,000 cradle stakes last weekend. I go with Pluck in the fourth at Woodbine, and then in the eighth at Woodbine, then Atama. I go with Sheba's Secret, the four. Sheba's Secret in the Woodbine eighth race, the Natama grade three mile. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing, and this week was no different. Winning ponies would like to thank Mr. Dick Girardi, the Cincinnati Kid, and especially you for tuning in. So until next week, may all your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.